0: what is up everybody welcome to another episode of national pastime john toaster and j-rob here for your super wild card weekend preview Uh, the regular season is officially over which you know i guess kind of sucks for some of us but frankly i'm happy to not see the bears play another game so uh (laughs) we move on to the games that actually matter um and i think there's actually a few really good matchups this weekend despite the fact that it is now the second year that we are getting a seventh wild card team or sorry a seventh seed an additional wild card team in each conference um, you know it's you're bound to get some shitty teams that make the playoffs when that uh, format is there but I think we made out okay for the most part um any first thoughts before we jump into the the six games here? Um, you think we worked out okay with Ben Roethlisberger? Well, no, but I mean, we'll get to that one. That's that's the one, like, (laughs) kind of stinker, yeah, of a game that we've got, honestly. Um, all right. So, generally, those of you that listen to us religiously, um, I mean, we appreciate it, but generally, what we'll do is we will pick four games for our parlay. Um, we'll do the primetime games plus uh, bonus games. To hit that four, but special playoff edition, we will be picking all six of the games against the spread. Um, I guess disclaimer right, I'll do, here. I'll, I'll do this for you,
1: but I'm going back to four games next week. I just like six games <laughs> okay. like a lot.
0: Going 0 and 6 would really suck. Yeah. That's a big big hit to the record. <laughs> um, but disclaimer if you are parlaying all of these games, um, odds of hitting it are very low (laughs) good luck Um, yeah you
2: might want to start looking into a round robin this week maybe right a little bit (laughs) right
0: exactly uh but we will go just in order here starting with the raiders at the Bengals, who are five and a half point favorites in this one so uh toaster if you're cool i'll lead us off we'll alternate um leading off each of the other games all right so this one, this one definitely like worries me a bit because the Raiders are the kind of team that will definitely have a game plan to keep it close. Right. And just try to make something happen in the fourth quarter. But ultimately for me, like I just think the Bengals offense is too good, especially when they don't beat themselves. So in games where the Bengals offense has one or fewer turnovers, um, I'm just excluding week 18 because there was uh, no Joe Burr. Um, they're averaging over 31 points a game, including three separate times scoring 41 points, and they haven't turned the ball over in four weeks. So I I think like you tip your hat to the Raiders that they make it here. They made it this far, but they are right near the bottom of the league as far as takeaways. They aren't necessarily going to throw this uh, Cincinnati offense, anything that they haven't seen before. Now, Max Crosby is the one guy who could fuck shit up. I will uh, throw that out there for sure. But ultimately, I just think the Bengals offense is too much and I'm not really worried. Like five and a half, it worries me slightly, but I think they win by at least uh, a score here, like a touchdown. So I'm going with the Bengals minus five and a half.
1: So, no concern that the Bengals haven't won a playoff game since Joe Burrow was negative six
0: years old? <laughs> um, That hasn't factored into my assessment of this year's Bengals team. No, it has not. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> that with is the pretty San jarring, Fran, though.
1: San Fran Dallas matchup that nobody, or at least nobody on that team is like aware of the, you know, early 90s um, back and forth that they had. If I. If I was just to tell you the both teams were ten and seven, just that alone sounds surprising, right? Totally. But the Raiders are actually ranked better than the Bengals in offense, defense, passing, just not rushing. Like, if you with what you, Joe burr has been able to do this year um, for the Raiders to be above them in all of those categories is astounding to me. And with all mm-hmm. of that. I'm gonna take naivety and say, yep, yeah, Bengals five and a half because their offense just looks more explosive, right? Like the, yeah. that trio of wide receivers, if they against the Raiders um, defensive backs, I just, I just don't know how they, they, they stop that. If Joe Burr is actually healthy, right? I think that that's the caveat that totally. we don't know about right now. He did not wake, uh, play Week 18. That was considered a rest uh day and uh something that didn't ultimately matter but there was still seating at play so for them to rest them with seating at play there's a little bit of a, a concern there but mm-hmm. if, if they all show up which is a big ask for these Bengals, um i think i think that they take it not as handily as they did in the regular season right this mm-hmm. isn't a 32 13 beat down i think that the raiders are not not on an upswing but they're they're fighting and they steve biscotti is uh wanting wanting a job so he's gonna do everything they can it, it this one scares me a little bit because of the Bengals' track record because um zach um is, is so young at coach burrow so young at quarterback and jamar chase is so dropped no um so young like if you take their the three most impactful players on this team and they just haven't been here before right not saying that car has but uh right. it, there's a little bit of concern there but i i think at five and a half this this offense just too explosive for the raiders to ultimately keep up with and i think that this is where that uh that good luck run for them ultimately ends in in cincinnati which is something that again we haven't said in
0: 30 plus years yeah Long time. Uh, J-Rob,
2: where are you leaning on this one? Uh, I'm actually leaning towards the Raiders because of what you said about them being able to stay in games. And while I don't think the Raiders are going to win, I do think they're going to keep it close. And I think it will come down to a field goal near the end of the game. Um, I think the Raiders, what they have that a lot of teams don't have right now is outside of the football field, like off-field motivation. They have, you know, the Madden stuff, like... Put, can help put a chip on your shoulder, losing personnel throughout the year, can help put a chip on your shoulder, that I think that kind of motivation is going to keep them competitive and keep them in this game, and I do think they'll cover. But I I would feel way more comfortable if the Bengals more of like a field goal because I think it would be like a two-point victory. Um, maybe like, the, you know, Raiders are keeping it close, and Joe Burr comes down, makes a good drive, maybe like a long seven-minute drive, gets a field mm-hmm. goal. But I like the Raiders to cover five and a half. What happens All if right. they both just decide to kneel out for the entire game?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they both advance, right? That's that's the new playoff rules. Uh, if a tie happens, you advance. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, uh, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> well, I know we're not going to be dealing with that, but I don't think ties are going to be much of a concern with the way that the Bengals uh, score points here. I, again, I'm I'm pretty high on the fact that they're gonna they're gonna put up some some points and the raiders won't be able to keep up but
2: quick refresher is the postseason overtime still different from the regular season overtime in the sense that it's just first score wins regardless in the postseason or did they change that because i remember at one point regular season and postseason overtimes were different
1: um Hmm. that sounds like a great question for a fucking intern <laughs> um, but no, the only difference I could see is that the overtime period starts off at 15 minutes and, and it just runs, runs like a game and they okay. just do 15 minute periods, um, similar to what they would do, um, in regulation, but I, it's definitely not a, a field goal first score win. it's still, you have to score a touchdown in your first possession. And after that, it's first team to score. Um, I don't, they don't play out the whole 15 to my, to my recollection, but that would be the the difference, I think, is that um, that initial overtime period is 15 just because there's no reason to make it less at that point.
0: So uh, I just pulled it up. Obviously, you can't tie. So um, they will play as many overtime periods as necessary for a winner. There will be a two-minute intermission between each period. Um, let's see. That's weird. Usually it's like 30 days. There's no winner at the end of the fourth. So I'm not seeing anything in regard to um, a change, for, you know, from the field the goal system, continues, okay. yeah, versus okay. a touchdown wins it for you. So I, I think that holds with this okay. one, um, but obviously, yeah, you would just continue to play overtime yeah. periods for as long as necessary. Cool. Okay, so uh, Toaster, you and I are on the Bengals to cover. J Rob's got the Raiders. We'll flip it over to you then for the Patriots at Bills. What are you thinking here? Thinking a
1: lot of things. Thinking <laughs> a lot of things that um, I don't like. But <laughs> I think, what are we at with the Patriots at this point? Is it still plus four? Or is it four and a yes. half? Yes. Plus four. four. I just, Bill Belichick is covered every game this year when it's, he's been a plus four underdog. I don't know that I expect the Patriots to win. I just that's that's points to give to the Patriots. And even going back Mm -hmm. to that last game against the Bills, um, J.C. Jackson gets, you know, not in not a we talked about it, you know, easily catchable ball. But at 20, it was the score is 25, 21. J.C. Jackson gets the opportunity for an interception in Mm -hmm. Bill's territory. He makes that play. It's a completely different ball game the difference to me in this little skid that the the patriots have had is that they just aren't getting those turnovers they aren't executing on the def- defensive plays that they were able to earlier in the year and i'm not i'm not expecting that to ultimately turn around it was the josh allen interview earlier today uh maybe it was yesterday around him playing in the cold that he just he didn't seem as confident as i would like for my my quarterback to be Going into this playoff game and that's why i'm going to take the points with the patriots um and bill belichick trying to scheme up something to keep josh allen at his at his you know uh, a stone's throw away
0: yeah i i feel you on you know how you want to lean there with belichick I, i will note that it does look like it's going to be around 30 degrees with no precipitation for this game so not quite um you know the we terrible though i thought it was down to five degrees oh was it okay
1: this was supposed to be the coldest game in at least bill's postseason history but it, definitely in josh allen's career mm, okay well that is good
0: to know that's, that's um, why he was
1: cool to take viagra earlier keep his circulation going
0: yeah <laughs> jesus um okay <laughs> so this this one was, one, I think, the hardest game for me to pick this week. Um, the Bills are really streaky, and they're hot right now, but you consider who they've beaten on this streak. It's the Panthers, the Falcons, the Jets. The Patriots are included within that. Um, but again, we're a J.C. Jackson interception away from, you know, maybe a different outcome in that game. I hate picking against Belichick and but i just think like the bills are the more talented team here 100 and you know they've they have the better quarterback and that always is going to make me lean a little bit that direction and admittedly this one is like i looked up a ton of stats and whatever and this one just is a feel pick um and admittedly i don't have a great feel for it because uh Bill Belichick scares or betting against Belichick scares the hell out of me. A but I just, yeah, it is. But I just feel, I think I feel better about where the Bills are at right now than the Patriots. And I think the Bills win. I I don't love the four is definitely, it puts me on the fence a little bit because I think it's going to be a really close game. But um, I'm going to roll with the Bills minus four in this one. Hopefully Josh Allen gets a prescription for some Viagra.
1: Yeah, I'm going to roll with the under on this one, probably regardless, um, given the frigid temperatures and uh, the impact on passers. The thing that scared me the most about the Bills is that they've kind of rediscovered their run game in the past couple weeks, and yeah. the Patriots have not been able to stop that. The caveat to that being those checkdowns to Devin Singletary, I don't think Bill Belichick is going to let that happen again. That was what killed them on third down. If we go back to that last game that they played, I believe the Patriots were 1-10 on third downs, and the Bills were at 50%, and then I think they were at 75% on fourth down conversions. So if mm-hmm. Bill's able to scheme out of that, which I trust that he will, that's what's going to be the tipping point in this game to me. What about you, J-Rob?
2: Um, similar to like Tao, this game's a total field game, and it's – kind of how you feel about it. I'm 100% not even caring about the rosters. I'm just leaning on the fact that Bill Belichick gets a third chance to play a team in a year. I'm going to lean towards Fair. Belichick winning a third game, you know, with that much film, a division opponent. Plus, I, I Bill's fans are great, but I, with great fans comes pressure if you start slow. If that team starts slow at home, I think – you know, the Patriots can kind of feed off that. Bills fans might get a little down on them or get frustrated. And I think that environment doesn't become as much of a benefit for the Bills as you might hope it would. And so I like, I like the Patriots covering less, you know, covering four. And so, yeah, I'll take the dance. You heard it from J Rob. It's a coin toss game and don't defer if you're the Bills. <laughs> also, uh, if Josh Allen starts taking some Viagra, that'd be a new meaning to a stiff arm. <laughs> oh yeah. No shit. Watch out.
0: <laughs> Head on a swivel if you're a, Pat, a Pats defender there. Um, all right. Moving on to the Eagles at the Bucks. Uh, Bucks are an eight and a half point favorite in this one. Um, the Bucks, obviously, they've got all those injuries. They're coming off the Antonio Brown drama and all of that. Um, it, this one was one that, I, again, like eight and a half is big enough right where it's like you're on the fence so the bucks rushing defense has had some rough moments this year and we know that eagles are a great rushing offense they ranked third in rushing offense per dvoa this year um this has potential to be a really good game i think which is why the large spread is like kind of concerning to me um but Similar to the the Bengals situation where as long as they've taken care of the ball, they've really been able to put up a ton of points. The, the Bucks are that way as well. And uh, the Eagles just really haven't – I mean, they're tied for the fifth fewest takeaways in the NFL this year. That, that secondary just doesn't really do it. And I think Brady will have enough weapons available to him even without Godwin, without um, Antonio Brown. You know, he still has Mike Evans, still has Gronk, Cameron Brait. And then, you know, I just think he Brady is ultimately too much for an Eagles passing defense that it just isn't a strength. I mean, it's it's the really unless you want to say they're passing offense, I suppose. But the Eagles passing defense is the worst element of that team and that just isn't a very good matchup when you're playing against the greatest quarterback of all time so uh i'm gonna reluctantly take the bucks minus eight and a half in this one but it's a lot of points yeah
1: and i'm i'm gonna take the points in this one um it's supposed to be windy rainy that's something that tom brady has dealt with his entire career i'm not worried about him in that regard but it just sets up for a better matchup for the eagles and their run game um potentially um white is back um Shaq barrett's back like they should be getting a bunch of people back but this to me is like a september tune-up game old school belichick style where they do just enough to get the job done but they mm-hmm. want to feel it out right like they, uh, they've got three four stars that are coming back and haven't played for at least three weeks and yeah you know, what are they going to do with geo bernard they just kind of want to find that role for everybody and this one kind of reeks to me of a backdoor cover at the very end you know they're sitting that they're pretty up you know 14 17 um i guess not 17 the math doesn't add up on that one but you know two touchdowns and they they just play soft and let the eagles do what they need to score i don't think that um the motivation of the Eagles beating Brady in the Super Bowl is going to be something that just ha- makes him just want to hammer out, or con- you know, on the contrary, maybe that is a motivation and he overplays himself, trying to just beat the shit out of the Eagles, and you make a couple mistakes, and that's all it takes in this game, right? Especially when you're at eight and a half points. If it was, if it's a you know, once one point, two point spread, then you know you can you can make up for those mistakes but at eight and a half it gets harder to overcome any mistakes so i'm, I'm going to take the eagles on this one just because i think that their run defense is uh or sorry the run offense against the bucks run defense is a matchup that the bucks aren't really set up for right now and they need to feel it out a little bit more this week and then bucks turn it on the next couple weeks to try to you know
0: make a push yeah all right, j-rob we are split.
2: Where are you leaning? Oh, dude, this is probably the one game of the week that I have like the lowest confidence in because of like eight and a half is an easy backdoor cover in a playoff game, and I don't get the vibe that the Bucks are like a team that's like we need to make a statement. You know, we need to run up the score. Like Brady's been there forever. He, all he cares about is a victory. But at the same time, it's the playoffs, and like, who the fuck knows what Jalen Hurts is going to give you? It's a playoff. Like, <laughs> who knows? And so I'm just going to lean on the GOAT. I got Bucks eight and a half. I don't, my, this is my lowest confidence game out of all of them. And I, yeah, so I'm just going to lean towards the GOAT and say, uh, Brady makes it happen, and they win by 10. All right.
1: Moving on to to... two very specific bets going right now, right? So sounds like bucks by ten, and
2: uh, who was it? Who was it by two? Oh, Raiders by uh, Raiders to cover. cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, I just like to you know give give the listeners like kind of where my head's at because sometimes I feel like you look at the spread and you just start being like, oh, they could easily cover that, and it's like, yeah, but what would the score kind of have to you know play out to be? And so, yeah, I can see the Bucks winning by 10. I can see the Raiders, you know, losing the last second field goal. So, yeah, that's where my head's at. And, but Bills, Patriots, I, yeah. I, that could be double digits, and that could be nail-biter. Right. It, yeah.
0: Could be yeah. all over the place for sure. All right. Uh, moving on to the 49ers at the Cowboys. Toaster, you lead us off here. What are God. you feeling?
1: You know what I'm feeling, but where I'm going to end up is what's the spread on this one? <laughs> Cow- three. Cowboys three. I'm, um, yeah. I just can't trust Jimmy G to get it done. Like, I, everything in my body wants this to be a San Fran win because I think they don't have the more talented team. Let's be very clear about that. But, I think that they are definitely a better coach team if anybody mm-hmm. on this pod wants to disagree with me on that one they can get the fuck <laughs> off the pod um and i that defense can wreak havoc it depends it depends on how dak shows up like it, it's it really to me comes down to one person and that's dak and if he gets rattled early then this could be um, i don't think it'll ever be a bludgeoning by the 49ers, but mm-hmm. they have the talent in just enough offense with Debo Samuel, Samuel, um, and, and Kittle to get, to get it done. Three points with the Cowboys at home. Um, America's team. I mean, this is a historic matchup. I think that they ultimately get it done even at
0: minus three. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you on the Cowboys minus three. I mean, I think Jimmy G really is the key to this matchup in with my mind.
1: Interceptions and had a fumble last week, like, and they pulled it out somehow,
0: but it wasn't right. Jimmy G, right. A uh, couple stats here that uh, I read. I will. I knew I should have written down where I got them from. So credit, if you're listening to this and you wrote this in an article, uh, hat tip to you, bud. But uh, so <laughs> the Cowboys played the third highest rate of man coverage this year and ranked third in EPA per play against the pass while in man, Jimmy G ranked 17th among starters in EPA per play against man coverage. So Cowboys played a lot are very good at it. Jimmy G pretty uh, average, slightly below average against, uh, against it. Cowboys, as we know, are a super opportunistic defense. Um, you know, they're really boomer bust in a way. And they, I mean, you look no further than Trayvon Diggs, right? Like leads the league in interceptions, uh, also gives up more first downs, touchdowns, yards, catches, yards per catch than anybody in the league. Oh, so Yeah. Not important at all. Um, But so the Cowboys are opportunistic, right? Which means you can catch them. uh, You know, if you suck digs in on a double move or something, throw over the top of them, you can do that. But Jimmy G has the second worst turnover worthy play rate in the entire NFL this year. Jimmy is going to give you opportunities. Teams haven't been able to take those opportunities for whatever reason. Uh, against him but he's going to give those to you and the cowboys are really good at taking them when they're there the only thing that makes me hesitate slightly on this one because i do have like this weird gut feeling that somehow san francisco is this uh, not team of destiny and that they're gonna make a super bowl run but like they're gonna you know they squeaked into the playoffs of they're, kinda...
1: they're harder out than you
0: give them credit for totally and the only thing that worries me in picking the Cowboys here is that the Cowboys defense was very average. Uh, Sorry. um, Run defense was very average this year. Uh, They finished 16th in DVOA. We know what the Niners are going to do. The Niners are going to run the shit out of the ball in every middle on third. (laughs) and Right. Yeah. They take a page out of Joe judge's book. Uh, No, they're going to run the ball early. They're going to run the ball in neutral game situations. Like that's what they do. And if the Cowboys don't jump out early on this one and really start to force Jimmy G into some bad decisions, I could see this being a game where it's like it comes down to the last possession, which in theory could still cover for the Cowboys <laughs> um, at minus three. So, I, you know, that definitely works in your favor. But I could 100 percent see the Niners winning this game um, despite every piece of evidence that we just laid out against them so yeah. i'm also on the cowboys minus three j-rob do you have faith in jimmy g jimmy gq
2: and <laughs> no. the niners no no okay no no okay. Not at all. Okay. um i think Dak's gonna be fine i think dallas is going to be offense is going to be fine i the reason why i like dallas minus three here is i think this is the game that Obviously, Mike, everyone knows Mike Parsons is a dog, but like, I think this is a game that he really puts a stamp on. I wouldn't be surprised if he just shadows Debo all game. Not shadows, but like, kind of makes him a, a main priority and tries to shut him down as much as he can. I think there's very few guys his side and speed that can have the ability to do that to a guy that can get side to side on jet sweeps. He can cover those edges on those runs that they like to run. He can get through zone blocking. And I think he's going to just wreck part of their game plan. And I think he's one of those guys that's hard to account for on the stat sheet in regards to how much he can change the game that I think he just puts his stamp on this game and he ends up being really disruptive and the Cowboys end up covering pretty, pretty easily, I think, in this one. I'm just so worried about how
1: overrated the Cowboys could ultimately be. I mean, if you look at what their schedule's been at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. they beat the Eagles, they beat the Washington football team twice, they beat the Giants, they beat Mm -hmm. the Saints. Their last loss outside of the Cardinals, which was a 25-22 game, which we saw that they didn't show up in the first half and made a furious fourth-quarter comeback – Was that Raiders Thanksgiving game? So like, those two—they've only had two losses in their last what, two, four, six, seven, eight games, but they were—they weren't playing anybody. And now you go into playoff atmosphere where you've got to play somebody like the Chiefs, who they got beat by. They've got to play somebody like the Broncos, who they got beat by. You've got to play somebody like the Patriots, who they barely squeaked out in overtime. Like they just haven't had that level of competition, Mm -hmm. and that that gives me a little bit of consternation that can they get the job done. So, like I said, there's everything in me that wants to say the 49ers pull this upset off, uh Mike McCarthy gets fired, Kellen Moore's the new head coach. I just there's so much talent on that Cowboys offense and quite frankly there's so much talent on that Cowboys defense that they just they need this one to they need to get this one done. And if they don't, yeah. I'm I couldn't be happier. I we'll lose a parlay happily to see the Cow- Cowboys lose. But <laughs> I think that they just have too much talent on each side of the ball to ultimately lose to the 49ers.
0: Yeah. So all three of us are on the Cowboys minus three. So get those Niners plus three tickets in uh, <laughs> exactly. as quickly as you can. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. All right. Well, that'll be an interesting one. I mean, it's the it's the closest spread of, of the weekend, say, is it not? That to me is one of the – that's the game that –
1: That and Cardinals-Rams are the ones that I'm most intrigued by outside of, obviously, New England-Buffalo.
0: Sure. All right, well, we will get to the Cardinals-Rams in a second, but we are going
2: to do the Steelers at Chiefs first. Real quick, one last thing. I still don't have faith in Mike or Kyle Shanahan closing a game. Like, we have yet to see him really close a game that matters, and so I think that could factor into if the Niners actually – keep this close that like, we don't know kind of the few about last like, week. He,
0: I was going to say, did he not close but like last week? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> they needed to get it. They needed to the win. <laughs> winner, winner, winner. <laughs> recency bias, recency yeah. bias. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, just,
1: the 49ers don't, they don't um, put their foot on your throat. And I think yeah. that that's kind of what you're getting at, is that they, if they get an opportunity, Dallas is going to be in the game for
2: the mm-hmm. entirety of it. Yeah. And then do you really want Jimmy G to be the one to close that out? Like, no. Apparently, <laughs> actually, his stats, like, actually stack up pretty damn well. Um, he just doesn't know. Yeah, well, two, was also pro football-focused, like, second-best quarterback one week. And, yeah, that doesn't yeah. matter either. Yeah, and they chose yeah. him over their, their head coach. <sighs> I wasn't. Uh, yeah, real side note. I can't believe they fired him. Like he should be getting a head coaching job. He should not be getting an assistant job next year. I cannot believe they fired him. But I digress. All right.
1: Well, j Rob did make it past Black Monday. He just happened to take a vacation day. So um, yeah, we talked yeah. about that. That last last. last no,
2: I know you did. I just wanted to chime in, being like, I was like shocked that they yeah. did that. I feel shocked, God. <laughs> All right. Well, Steelers, Steelers so. is off. yeah
0: Steelers at Chiefs Chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites for a fucking playoff game so as we alluded to in the open this was the one real stinker where the Steelers got in and you know what I I went back and forth on this line so much because it's honestly right at the number that I could go either way you know, like most of these lines, you look at it and you go, okay, like I, I I think this, it's a four point line, but you know, I really think this is more like a six point game or maybe it's like more like a two point game or something. This one is like, yeah, 12 and a half points. That sounds, sounds about right. So way to go Vegas. Um, (laughs) This one for me is, I don't know. So Pittsburgh has the, they finished eighth in passing defense DVOA this year, which should give them a chance. But we're only three weeks removed from them getting shit pumped 36 to 10 by the Chiefs, and the Chiefs put up 381 yards of offense. And this one ultimately also comes down to feel at, you know, almost 13 points. It, it, like if I'm pulling out my crystal ball and you're you're saying, okay, what does what this game look really like? You only have one crystal ball? What's the other one made of? Uh, titanium, yeah, doesn't melt. Um, if I pull out my crystal ball though, and I'm trying to figure out okay, what's the game flow, I can see the Chiefs going up quick, and the Steelers are forced to throw the ball, and it just spirals out of control from there.
1: Same quarterback,
0: yeah, uh, exactly. Um, ball quarterback, yeah. But this one to me, like I'm feeling a 34 to 13 Chiefs win. Like it just gets out of hand, and the Steelers don't have the ability to catch up because Ben can't throw it more than 10 yards down the field. So uh, I am taking the Chiefs at 12 and a half to cover. Idiot. (laughs) So
1: I don't have any stats to back this up. Okay, here we go. I I do have NFL conspiracy theory to back this up. Oh, boy. So, obviously, Pittsburgh is, you know, again, a very reputable football team. Kansas City has a big fan base. There's no way the NFL puts Pittsburgh versus Kansas in a blowout over San Fran versus Dallas unless this game is competitive. There's something in the water that they think that they this game is ultimately going to be competitive. Ben, B- Big Ben's not going to go off with his dick between his legs. Uh, probably he will with that, but like it won't be like <laughs> ghost style whipped backwards type of thing. Um, th- something in the water is going to keep this game close. And we t- I mentioned I alluded to it in the podcast on Monday that K- Kansas City can get ahead in the first half, but they've been coming out flat in the second half. They just have not been doing anything in the second half. And Pittsburgh somehow, someway has won three of their last four when we've left them for dead. And at 12 and a half, they just, no matter how left for dead you are, like you can, you can survive 12 and a half points. So I'm going to take Ben Roethlisberger with Juju Smith-Schuster coming back with, you know, that great first round draft pick and Najee Harris that they have. But ultimately to me it's it's TJ Watt in the fact that you don't put this game on Sunday night if you're the NFL unless you think it's going to be competitive and it's not competitive at 12 and a half
0: yeah I I love when you put your tinfoil hat on I'm not gonna lie um, so you're you're gonna take uh, the Steelers plus 12 and a half I I can't say I, I disagree with you frankly I mean weirder shit has happened than you know, a couple of rogue flags getting right. Steelers. You know, I mean, have I some mean, seriously touchdown though, drives. About the the
1: draw they would get San Fran versus Dallas. Is that really that much less than you would get with right. AC versus Pittsburgh? And yeah. to me, the answer is no. And yeah, the spreads are so different. So you would yeah. take the opportunity to put that in the prime time slot.
0: Yeah. All right. So we are split on this
2: one, J Rob. How you feeling? um so i'm gonna take your tin hat off and say i think the reason why they're putting it on national tv is so everyone can just watch uh big ben get put down in front of everybody um <laughs> i think this is the end of ben's career i think this game's not even close i think he's just going to look like a continued shell of himself. and i don't care how hard naji harris drives people in the ground with stiff arms tj watt could get three sacks this game I just still think the Chiefs handle business, and I like the Chiefs uh, winning by 17.
1: All right. Just to be clear, I like it was it. 36 to three at one point when they played whatever it was three, four weeks ago. So, um, no, I, I understand where you're all coming from, but I just, something about a 12 and a half point spread. The one thing that I did leave out on this is the NFL needs justification for that seventh playoff team, and this looks bad. If you put in your primetime slot this seventh playoff team and they get absolutely obliterated, it's the same reason. Yeah. Uh, Why are we doing expanding the college football playoffs if Cincinnati is just going to get curb stomped by the second best team in Mm -hmm. the in the um, NCAA country? So, I think there's there's a lot of benefits to the NFL for this to be a competitive close game.
0: Yep. No, that uh, I don't don't disagree with you there, Toaster, for sure. All right. Well, that brings us to the final game of the weekend and I think potentially the best game of the weekend, but the Cardinals at the Rams who are four point favorites and Toaster, I believe it's you leading us off on this one. So what are you thinking? So we've got David Carr, Joe Burr,
1: Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts and now kyler murray his first time playoff quarterbacks and mm-hmm. i'm guaranteeing you one of Carr and burr is gonna win just like i'm just throwing that out there lock it up do it. <laughs>
0: the toaster Mack, lock of the week
1: yeah. mac has a chance i think jalen's gonna struggle kyler i don't think they stand a chance in this game um they, they have split the season they have split the season uh series the Rams just have way too much talent. D hop not being back is the biggest thing to me, right? If he was yeah. able to make it back this week, then I, I could give them a chance. But no D hop and probably no JJ Watt. It they're a lifeless team. They backed into the playoffs. They got the Seahawks game looked way worse than the score did, in my opinion. Somehow they pulled it out against the Rams. But in my opinion, they're basically 0-5 going on what would be 0-6 and one and out in the playoffs.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So you are on the Rams minus Rams four minus is four. what you're saying. All right. Uh I will be joining you on that train for sure. I mean, I think so I think this one is going to be good. Um, contrary to your belief there. I'm excited to see Kyler in this first time playoffs situation. And I think he's he's going to be obviously a very key piece to this game. And really with him and the Cardinals it's about staying within himself and not trying to do too much on this big stage, especially without Deandre Hopkins. If he can do that, they'll have a chance. I'm, I'm like you, not super confident that he will do that. I think like the stage, he's going to try to make the big play and the Rams have the people that can hurt you when you do that. Um, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, like, those guys can can hurt you if you try to get do too much and it'll turn a a scramble into a you know 18 yard loss or um you know a a arm punt into a 40 yard interception return or something and and can really kill you for the card you run backwards for 30 yards to complete a two yard pass and that works three out of four times until it's a pick six Right. Exactly. Um, plus James Conner's a game time decision. in this one, as of right now, uh, Chase Edmonds will be good to go. Rodney Hudson will be good to go. And that, that is important. But as you mentioned, no DeAndre Hopkins, which is very, very key to this team as we've seen. But to me, this game all comes down to one player and that's Matthew Stafford. And if good Stafford shows up, I think the Rams cover pretty easily in this game. They're the more talented team. They have more playoff experience and they're the better coach team for sure. And all that, like, as long as Stafford doesn't lose them the game. The problem is Detroit Matthew Stafford has shown up and he's ended the season throwing eight interceptions in their last four games, including multiple interceptions in their final three. And I just, that worries me for sure. him down and say, "Do you know this dude named Jared Goff?
1: I got him to a Super Bowl by just talking into his ear up until 15 seconds before the start of the play. So I'm gonna yeah. do like I get that you're a veteran quarterback, but we're in a we're in a little bit of a slump here, right? Yeah. Just trust me for this game and let me prove that I'm going to put you in a position to succeed. And guess what? You don't have change to change your second grade, right? Like yeah. get you know I'm gonna tell you where to get, look first and maybe you have to go someplace for a second read, but you don't have to go beyond that because guess what? I'm reading the entire defense up until 15 seconds left. So let's mm-hmm. get to the fucking line. Listen to me in your ear and let's just forget what you've been doing for the
0: past 12 years. Totally. And I mean, this is really an opportunity for Stafford to truly change his career narrative, at least really take a step towards that he's Owen three in his uh, previous and only three playoff appearances with the lions and he's put a decent numbers kind of been up and down in those games, but like, yeah, trust Sean McVay, trust him to put you in the right spot here. And I I think you'll come away like with a big win if you do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's gotta scare you, right? Like that. He's, he's going to try to do too much similar to Kyler Murray. Um, slightly different scenario, but he's going to try to do too much and that'll hurt you. Uh, by the way, I saw this stat this week that, uh, Stafford ended the year with the same exact EPA per play Mm -hmm. that Jared Goff did in 17 and 18. (laughs) So I, the, the flip side of that is, um, or I guess the 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 positive, well, yes, but the positive of that in my mind is that this is really Stafford's floor within this offense. That was Goff's ceiling. So I right. think there's a lot of room to go, grow, uh, grow there if you're you're Stafford and McVay, but yeah. So I think this one has potential to be really good, but these two quarterbacks are going to play a huge, huge role um, more so than I think some of these other games in deter- ultimately determining who wins. But I'm, I'm also on the Rams minus four. So J Rob, where are you going here?
2: So I'm actually leaning towards the Cardinals here. Um, one of the main reasons being Matt Stafford against 10-win teams this year has been atrocious. Um, they lost to the Cardinals 37-20. to 20. They lost to Tennessee twenty-sixteen. 16
1: have 10 wins at that point.
2: What about They're a 10-win team, though. Uh, they lost to the Niners 31-10. to 10. They lost to Green Bay 36-28. And they lost to San Francisco again 27-24 in overtime. Like, those are games that... They also beat the Cardinals. They That's did. Time. But that game was on paper, probably not as close as it looked or um, like the Rams defense kind of dominated that game a little bit, but I'm very concerned about Matthew Stafford. I think with Chandler Jones being a guy that has shown he can get to the quarterback pretty handedly and he's a dude that I think likes to show up in big games. um, I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game and I just... I actually have more faith in Kyler here. I he, I know he can get out of himself a little bit. He can try to do too much. I think this might be one of those games where he maybe reaps some of the benefits of trying to be, you know, the guy. And I think I would rather have Kyler trying to be the guy than Matt Stafford trying to be the guy. Um, and also at what point can you not teach a dog, an old dog new tricks? Like why is it? someone who's at such a like heady player and everyone's like, Oh my God, two great mind like McVay and Stafford being melded together. Why are they running a, D- a Detroit offense? Like why did they get rid of so many like jet sweeps, play actions as a the game offense went on? Cause he throws interceptions? Well, it just, <laughs> he just stands back there in the pocket. Now there's not a lot of rollouts, not a lot of bootlegs. There's not a lot of misdirection anymore that he ran a lot with Goff, And I just don't That's understand why they got it. Well, it's because, Goff didn't give them the ability to run the drop back
0: game and and with yes like all of that other stuff they should be doing more of that for stafford to make it easier but realistically when push comes to shove and you need a fucking play you can't be cutting off half the field with a bootleg or um you you need like historically the quarterbacks that win are the guys that can drop back and manipulate And manipulate the defense, like spread everybody out if you need to get a pre-snap look, decide where your best matchups are and pick people apart that way. That's how you're you give yourself the best chance, right? There's very few guys that can do that. And the guys that do that at the highest level are the guys that are in the fucking Super Bowl every year. Stafford, I think, teases you enough that it, it makes you say, okay, we can do this. And when it's when he's on, it's obviously been very good for them. So it, it's it's not so much that – I think more of the playbook is open to them because of Stafford's talents. Now, that doesn't always mean that it works because he's not Tom Brady. He's not going to execute perfectly every time as we've seen. But um, I, I think that th- that's the primary reason why we've seen the shift in their offense. I think it's for the better. Um, I mean, it I don't have so the numbers to back it up. but Well, I, it just I, feels
2: predictable right now. And yeah, that's where I, I yeah. guess that's and it doesn't have to be you know as intricate as like what Goff is doing because obviously you had to manufacture yeah. what you could. I just I wonder also don't if have Prime girly. That's that's a big G. Baby was too. yeah. G. Baby was a yeah, guy. Honey
1: Michelle. That's the same type of washout level uh, replacement <laughs> running back. <laughs> yeah. I
2: Michelle. just. I guess I just wonder. You know how much of that was them transitioning to wanting to be a dropback, and how much of it was forced to being a dropback because of maybe some of Stafford's limitations, or maybe him just not wanting to be that like run that kind of style. I don't know. I would. Um, I wouldn't look at it that way. I. I yeah, wouldn't look but,
0: at them being held back because of Stafford um they're just they don't need to get as creative ultimately to be successful and they can keep teams on their toes a little bit more um I I am interested to go look up and see ultimately how these two offenses um you know the golf Super Bowl offense and this uh year's Rams offense in the regular season compares as far as like a EPA per play standpoint but um mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wouldn't I just wouldn't think of it that way necessarily. Yeah. I, Stafford is definitely not holding them back um, because he can't do you know he can't roll out he can't do play action. It, it's it's definitely not that he can't do that. It's that yeah, they just, have the ability to do more.
2: I, I guess I just wonder why they got a little bit away of it away from it. Um, and I know from what you said earlier, but it's just it seemed like it was. I think it's called like the everything day. was rolling, they were moving guys well early on when they were undefeated, and then it just seemed like once the losses started coming in, Matt Stafford just started going drop back and just trying to fit tight windows. And so, long story short, I actually like the Cardinals here. I actually like the Cardinals to win straight up here. I actually think they're going to beat the Rams, and yeah, so I'll take the Cardinals plus four. All right, I know a lot I like of people it
1: that that would make happy yeah yeah, so like, yeah most definitely. definitely
2: okay so the viewers or sorry viewers uh the uh kingston and toaster do not or john and toaster do not know about this next bit but i did some research um i had Wait, a shower thought get this type of fucking autonomy here what's yeah, up man? you did, did you did, did your own research
0: crack? is, yeah. This, yeah. is is this like Aaron Rodgers coming on Pat McAfee talking about his own research, or is this something different?
2: No, I I dug in. I, so I had okay. a <clears throat> I had a shower thought about how how important is it to not be limping while you're swiveling your like, head. <laughs> yep. How important is it to be go, be hot going into the playoffs? And so I pulled every Super Bowl matchup. What's up? Cliff Kingsbury versus Sean McVay hottest coaching matchup in uh, NFL playoff history. (laughs) Oh, just wait. This is this shit blew my mind. So I ran all the way back with all the Super Bowl matchups back to 2004. And the and I pulled the last five of the regular season, The, the team's records who made the Super Bowl, their last five in the regular season. So, for example, the Bucks played the Chiefs. They both went last five of the regular season, both went four and one. And so anytime they were the same record, I checked the overall record. But anyways, the team that had a worse record in the last five games of the regular season won nine times. So they won 60% of the time in the Super Bowl. And the team with the better record going into the playoffs only won 40% of the games. And of all, there was only three games since 2004, three Super Bowls since 2004, where they both had the same record of the last five games. And all three teams with a worse overall record won. So the Bucks were 11 and 5. They beat the Chiefs, who were 14 and 2. The Patriots were 11 and 5. They beat the Rams, who were 13 and 3. The Ravens were 1 and 4. In 2013, when the Ravens won, they were 1 and 4 going into the playoffs, and they beat the Niners, who were 3 and 2 going into the playoffs. Saints beat the Colts. They were 2 and 3 going into the playoffs. And then the Colts beat the Bears, who were 2 and 3 going into the playoffs. So, do you want to put on my
1: latex hat? Because I couldn't
2: give a fuck. But so, with that being said, a lot of teams are going four and one going to the playoffs. The teams that are, so the Bengals and the Steelers are three and two going to the playoffs. The Patriots are two and three going to the playoffs. And the Cardinals are one and four going to the playoffs. Of the Bengals, Patriots, Steelers, and Cardinals, which team is going to make it the furthest? Bengals, Bengals, Steelers, Cardinals. Yeah, always. Because statistically, one of those teams will. Get through and like should make a run. Statistics um, according to intern J Rob. Dude, I'll, sh- I'll send. I'll show you what I'm looking at. I
0: mean, so what you're saying is you don't want to be peaking too early necessarily, which I think is the um, <laughs> or it's more Eli like Manning.
1: The, there's a schedule fallacy in all of this, though. It's the same thing with the Dolphins going one in seven on a seven-game losing streak and then going. 7-0 and on their next seven games. It's, it's who you're ultimately playing. So your tougher conferences, if the conference games are scheduled at the end, are going to disproportionately rule out someone like the Dallas Cowboys, right, who's playing Washington football team, the Eagles, the Giants. Like I, I, I understand where the stats are coming from, but just saying that there's a scheduling anomaly here that I think that we need to take into account, too. I get that this is 18 years of data, so it's not exactly like a drop in the hat.
0: Um, well, but, the other thing to consider here, too, is, as far as who's going to go the furthest um, of those teams you mentioned, the Bengals would have to play the number one seed. Um, and so would the uh, Cardinals. Would they not? Wouldn't they be uh, scheduled to play the teams that are I mean, currently number one seeds? I mean, it depends on. The outcomes, obviously. Because, yeah, if the
1: the Patriots win, then they would be going to the Titans. So um, there's – I think that that's a loaded question. I like the
2: the thought process here. My biggest takeaway from those numbers is, yeah, you're not going to be – I'm not going to be like, oh, hammer the team with the lower record. But I think it does kind of prove a point as to it really doesn't fucking matter what you're doing before you get to the playoffs. Like if you get in,
0: no, you're I good. Think, yeah. like you're good.
2: Well, you know, a lot like, of times,
0: a lot of times too, though. And again, we, I, would, I would be really interested to go back and look at all of these individually because a lot of these teams that maybe didn't play as well going into the playoffs may have been resting starters. Um, right. They may have been number one seeds and then they come back, come playoff time and they're fucking good to go and they you just run a train because they're healthy again or you know they whatever had got to take some time off like i i think it's it's very interesting but i'm not quite buying the causation correlation element of this i'll put it this way though in it um
1: the cardinals are not being the packers so i don't see the Cardinals making it to the end. To me, the AFC is much more wide open. We've both picked the Bengals to go over the Raiders. Therefore, that immediately gets them to the next round. Um, Mm -hmm. Bengals matching up against the Chiefs, potentially. um, The AFC is just so much more wide open. I can see anybody in the AFC ultimately taking on the Titans, the Chiefs, the Bills. Um, I, I think, honestly, the Bills are probably the strongest out of all of them so if the Patriots are able to make it past the Bills then that that changes some things but I just don't see the Cardinals making it past the Packers or quite frankly the second round right like if you look at who the Cardinals yeah. would match up against then they've got probably the they would probably be the Packers but they could be the Bucks, and the Bucks are the only team that in the top four that they haven't played yet but they've lost to everyone in the top four outside the Bucks. so I don't see, I see the, the Cardinals as having an end, whereas the Bengals and the Patriots have a, a glimmer of hope at the light of the tunnel that they can get things done in the AFC.
0: So, yeah, my I guess
2: I would pick the Bengals. I would probably
0: pick the Bengals as well, I think, of those,
2: of that grouping. And the last team though. to have a losing record in the last five and win Super Bowl is the Ravens in 2013. They were one in four going into the playoffs. Yeah, that was the, that was, you know, you know, oh, yes, yeah. I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you, Raheem Moore. I'll never forget your name, bud. Yep. So, All yeah, right. I well, thought it was interesting, is, but I'm glad that you guys uh, broke that down in a much more competent way than I did. Because I was like, dude, that's fucking wild. No, it is wild, but I do think that, um, to John's point, you know, there's some resting
1: that goes on, and then it does come down the schedule a little bit. But when you throw out 18 years of data, it it becomes something. Mm-hmm. It's you know, that's definitely much more of a trend. So, I just think yeah. the Cardinals have a have an expiration date, even if they can make it back past the Rams. I, what the Packers were able to do with them to them without Devonte Adams, I just can't see them competing without a DeAndre Hopkins, without a J.J. Watt. Like, think that there's
0: in lambo yeah yeah it's gonna be tough for sure all right but we can make you the next coach of
1: like the new york giants or something if you want
2: (laughs) i don't know man i love these sprints
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right uh well that covers us on all of the games here guys uh any last points before we kick off the playoffs here um sad David Coley that he ultimately got
1: the uh got the boot it'll be interesting to see what uh Steve Buscemi does on the Raiders if they ultimately lose and um we'll start we'll start uh some hiring practice talk uh probably early next week I'd imagine
0: yeah you would think some of these teams would at least start filling some of the holes I know there's a few teams that have GM openings as well um that might go that route first but yeah we'll see um david cully though he is gonna get paid a lot of money for coaching one year and uh the ravens actually end up getting an additional comp pick out of this really? <laughs> are you familiar with that yeah. yes the ravens got two comp picks for um this david cully uh texan situation so um, I don't know the rule. We'll have to look it up in more detail and um, share it with you guys. But I'll, I'll pull it up, Toaster, and send it to you offline here. Um, yeah, the Ravens somehow got two comp picks out of the way the Texans handled this David Cully situation. And David Cully makes like $17 million for uh, one year of work. Not bad. I'd take it. Is it because yeah. he's the GM and the
1: coach, like Bill O'Brien? and They just gave him both titles
0: i don't i
2: don't know how that worked um, i can't believe he's right. getting looks dude like how do you not see what he did and then be like he's a good fit for our team well just a don't give him personnel power yeah. yeah he was uh, decent as a yeah. coach
0: he was decent uh, as a coach um a
1: couple of playoffs it's just yeah once they once he had to start you know doing the fantasy football draft thing <laughs> that's when it all
0: went south yeah
2: yeah, dude, second round picks are the new first round picks. Mm-hmm. All,
0: right, All right, boys. Well, that will do it for our Super Wild Card Weekend Preview. We will post the picks uh, on Twitter as well. But, you know, get in, uh, get the analysis, and get your picks in before these lines change too much and our analysis means nothing. So, um, yes, j
2: Rapid fire Wait. really quick before the playoffs start. Super Bowl prediction. Who's who's making it out before we lose teams? Um, I my preseason
0: pick was uh Packers Chiefs, so I think I'll, so I'll stick to it.
2: Street
1: All right, I'll go with Bills Bucks, just so that way I know BB is going to be in the playoffs.
2: There you go. <laughs> there you go. Like All right. It. How How about you? didn't expect this. I'm gonna be a wild boy I'm gonna be a wild boy Bengals Packers Bangles. we
0: trust baby yes okay I'm in on that one I hope that happened all right well that will do it for us this week everybody thanks for listening and we will catch you later